Sublime was kind of the that like catch-all music genre. Like you couldn't even even like really put it in reggae because <laughs> it really wasn't reggae. It was more like ska punk kind of folk. Like they covered Grateful Dead. It was it was pretty skunky. <laughs> skunky. <laughs> I would say Sublime was skunky. <laughs> in yes. audio and smell. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Sarah. And Eric. Your host of Talk to Me and Podcast, a podcast about the 90s, everything you love about the 90s. And more. Oh, wow. We got it this time. Yay. It only took one week and a couple tries. I think this is like our third try. You know what? It's 10.45 at night. We're good. We are here on a very special Tuesday episode of Talk to the Hand podcast this week, talking about a very nostalgic topic. I mean, if we could remember it. (laughs) We're talking about weed and cannabis and stoner culture in the 90s, everyone. Hell yeah. Marijuana, cannabis, ganja. Devil's lettuce, jazz cigarettes. And... Weed. weed, weed, So from it's Friday, you ain't got no job, you ain't got shit to do. Let's go poke some smart. To I didn't inhale, weed was a big deal in the 90s. I definitely did inhale. <laughs> yeah, that's what Obama said. That was the point. Yeah, I know. That was the that's point. why I voted for him. <laughs> But before we get into the topic, just wanted to remind you to follow us on social media. You can find us at TTTHPod on Twitter, Talk to the Hand Pod on Instagram, Talk to the Hand Pod at gmail.com is our email, or you can go to our website at Talk to the Hand Pod at <laughs> Talk to the handpod.com. <laughs> and make sure you also leave us a five star review. If you like what you've heard so far and you like this episode, make sure you leave us a five star review. You'll be entered into our giveaway for the month of April, and we will also just really uh, appreciate it. It's just the cool thing to do. It would be very nice of you, and we would <laughs> greatly appreciate it. It, would, it helps us with the algorithms, and yeah, just make sure you leave a little comment so we can shout you out and you could be entered to win our giveaway. Okay, I think that's all the housekeeping notes. Should we get into it? Let's roll it up. Okay, if you could define for me a 90s stoner, let's hear it. I mean, the first one that I can think of is the stoner to end all stoners, the dude. He's the the prototypical 90s stoner, you think? I think he sums it up in a unique in a unique way that other other decades didn't. I mean, you know, we had so many other decades where it was the young guys that were the stoners, but okay. this is the guy that grew up stoning the ducks throughout the 60s, 70s, 80s, and he's seen some shit, and now he just <laughs> wants his goddamn rug back. I mean, he's he's over it. He just wants a white Russian, a joint. Okay, and so that's your that is your typical stoner definition of like a stoner in the 90s so okay so here's what i'm picturing i'm picturing like travis from clueless he's like a skater and he just likes to have a good time and he just hangs out on the beach and he just like has you know good times with his friends like he's he's just he's just cool like and i picture okay so i also picture someone that's maybe a little bit edgier that has like because I feel like Travis, you know, in, from uh, Clueless, he he goes to Beverly Hills High. He's, you know, very much um, kind of 
it's it's a cute version of it. But if you're gonna if yeah. you're gonna think about like who actually the stoner kid was in the nineties, it'd be like Anton from Idle Hands, where like yeah, they him listen, and what was what was uh, Seth, Seth Green's Green, character? Yeah, and they like listen to Sublime in their basement with their black light, and they just like they shop at Spencer. Yeah, and, they just like pass. Pass the bong, two hits, pass to the left. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I think both of those examples perfectly, you know, succinctly, you know, sum up, you know, that 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 '90s stoner. I mean, there was, I, I, I think it's cool that we have the example of both. Yeah, you know, it's like we had, and we had Smokey from from Friday. Yeah, yeah, it's like we had like the youthful exuberance of you know the the young kid stoner, and then on the other hand, we had the Big Lebowski that was like. Anton's final form. Yeah. But, you know, we're also just talking about movies. Like, there's so many other stoner archetype personas in the 90s, like Snoop. Yes. And I I think I mentioned that the other day, too, is that when we were talking about doing this episode is that I didn't necessarily want to focus on an artist, you know, an actual person like Snoop Dogg or something. You know, I was thinking of, you know, I I think we posed the question of who the Spicoli of the 90s was. Yeah. And I, I think. I don't have an answer for it. I don't have a definitive answer either, but I would love to hear everybody's thoughts on that. I mean, I guess send us a message. Mixed like mixed with Anton. Yeah. Mixed with Danton. Snoop. Yeah. <laughs> Danton well, Dog. Boom. Well, Nailed we'll talk it. a little bit more about the iconic stoners of the 90s, but I also just kind of wanted to talk about like what like let's give it a little context first because we could we could talk for hours about the funny movies and music and not just funny, but like the cultural phenomenon that was weed in the 90s. But I I also just kind of want to like like give it a little context because we're in the 90s these are the people that like Quentin Tarantino and, and these are the people that made art and shaped culture in the nineties that had parents that like had a good time, came of age in the sixties and seventies during like the Cheech and Chong era. And, and then all of a sudden there was this like dead zone in the eighties when we had the war on drugs, the Reagan administration, like just say no. And it was, there's only a couple of references to weed in the eighties. I mean, I can, I think, you know, 1982 Fast Times was really the only one. And and there's like I mean, this off, dead zone. And so these 90s people are like, let's bring it back. Yeah, off the top of my head, I I, I think you're right. I mean, the, the 80s definitely didn't seem to have a whole lot of, you know, like those stoner culture movies. You know, I think, you know, there were a couple of Cheech and Chong's that came out in the 80s. I mean, I'd have to look at that, you know, somebody, you know, correct me or whatever. But, you know, they kind of shied away from that. Whereas, you know, when they were making those movies in the 70s, like they were really, really celebrating that in like a cool, fun way. And then it got to the 80s. And yeah, like you said, it was that whole Reagan administration, just say no. I mean, I think that was actually started by Nancy Reagan. Yeah. Um, and then like the satanic panic, which was like devil's lettuce. And- yeah. Yeah. And like that just ruined it. And like everybody wanted to steer away from it. I mean, also, I mean, you know, there was the, you know, the, the crack epidemic that was, you know, happening in yeah. you know, the, the States too and everything. Um, but the nineties, they were just like, nah, fuck it. Let's well, get stoned. People do, did still smoke weed in the eighties, but it was just so under the thumb. Like it was so uh, like not talked about in pop culture. So then we get to the nineties and, you know, it's starting to get a little bit more 
visible. Um, and, you know, I think this is also when they started to normalize it for like medicinal purposes as well, because I know it was like the first um, cannabis dispensary that made brownies for like HIV AIDS patients was in San Francisco in the 90s. So like it was really starting to kind of come around like. Yeah, the 90s was like that push where they were like, nah, like it's not just about getting high just to get high like some drugs are like this one actually does help a lot of different physical and mental ailments. But it's like, still okay if you want to smoke it to have fun. There's yeah. not nothing wrong with that either. Like we like to have, like people like to have a good time. Like, it's like having a beer. It's like having a beer. So I wanted to um, like give a few stats about the, about how many people actually did smoke weed in the nineties. If you like. Everyone. Yeah. It's like at least one third of the American population. So I read actual primary sources from the nineties in like the Atlantic uh, Reefer Madness article. One third of the American population by 1984 had smoked um, more than 17 million Americans smoked it in 1992 alone and three million smoked it on a daily basis as of 1994. And like, that's a lot like, you know, and, and the weed was that's all just the people that admitted to it. Yeah. So it was it was this was in the 90s. So like it was becoming more acceptable from there. You kind of understand that. It was still counterculture, though. It was still it, it vilified. Was, it was it, still... Right, but there was, like, that big push in the 90s to, like, really normalize it. Yeah. You know, really just be like, sure, it might be counterculture. Like, a lot of the people in the 80s, you know, they, they came off the heels of, you know, the, the Just Say No thing. And, like, you know, they saw Spicoli and they were just like, oh, wow, stoners are just fucking stupid. Yeah. And, you know, they're not good for anything. And I think some of these movies in the 90s and stuff really started to show that in a different light that... Just because you were stoned doesn't really fucking mean anything. You're just yeah. stoned. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. So then so then we we do have all the silly stoner characters, though. Like, we have Smokey from Friday. I mean. <laughs> Played is, by the legendary Chris Tucker. Yeah. That role. <laughs> that defined be, it. Yeah. That will be immortal. I mean. It's so good. It's so good. It's Friday. You ain't got no job. You ain't got shit. You to ain't got do. shit to do. It's so good. And and Ice Cube wrote that wrote that script. And um, he is on record of saying like there are a lot of movies that came out about you know what it was like the black experience living in South Central LA. And he just wanted to show it for what it was, which they just smoked weed and hung out and had a good time. Like the, that story was just about them just chilling on a Friday afternoon, like in real time. Yeah. <laughs> like literally they just Friday afternoon, just smoking on the front porch. Yeah. Here's a movie about Friday afternoon. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was perfect. A I moment mean, in time. Yeah. And I think, you know, that was, you know, definitely one of the movies that started to popularize the term of stoner movies kind of being hangout movies where it's just a movie about, a thing that's happening while you're hanging out, yeah. like nothing extravagant or whatever. You're just hanging out with your buddies, smoking, and then some shit happens. And that really popularized it for like the Seth Rogen crew and like the James Franco crew in the 2000s. And the oh, 2010s. absolutely. Like, yeah, they the, definitely. Drew this is the end. From that. Yeah, yeah. That's a hundred percent what that was. Oh shit. They, those guys grew up watching these. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Just like the people in the 90s that were making these movies. I mean, you, you, they grew you, up watching yeah, their you know, parents' stoner well, movies. Well, you know, Ice Cube definitely grew up watching Cheech and Chong. Oh, yeah. And so did so did Chris Tucker. Yeah. And so, you know, that movie is just South Central Cheech and Chong, which I think a lot of Cheech and Chong actually took place in L.A. Oh, so. yeah. It's very L.A. <laughs> 
Very LA. Well, Where and did, so is, on, and on. speaking of LA. Hold on. Where's that crossover movie? I want Cheech and Chong on Friday. Ooh, that's a good one. But speaking of LA, we also have Big Lebowski, which also takes place in LA. And, and okay, so 1998, as Eric said, like the dude really is the stoner icon to end all stoner icons. Um, so 1988 is when Lebowski, Big Lebowski and Half Baked came out, and it was like that was a good year for stoner movies. Yeah, yeah, and it just kind of really showed like so Half Baked was kind of that cartoonish, and, and Half Baked for those of you who may not know, I just saw it for the first time a couple days ago. It's not just an ice cream. <laughs> Oh, it's a good ice. Oh, it's a good goddamn ice cream. Oh, I want some of that right now. Um, 7-Eleven. <laughs> um, but Dave Chappelle uh, plays Thurgood Jenkins and Sir Smokes a Lot, um, who is the like uh, celebrity. It, it's it's very cartoonish, very silly about a group of guys that are trying to get their buddy out of jail. So they decide um, to start slinging weed. Yeah, but uh, they're. Oh. It shows both sides, like the Zen, the Zen stoner of the dude and just like kind of the chaotic energy stoner of Dave Chappelle. Yeah, totally. I mean, like there are so many different walks of life that, you know, I guess can be a stoner. And I guess when we say stoner, like we use that affectionately in Very the sense endearing. of like, like somebody that just is a weed enthusiast and just happens to smoke a lot. Like, you know, there ain't nothing wrong with that. But there's and also a lot of compassion behind the word stoner. It's. You, you know, if you think of if you think of the eternal archetype type of like the stoner, I always think of someone that you can just hang out with is not judgmental, is not gonna. The only thing they care about is if you got five on it, yeah, <laughs> and if you like are good company, you know. Yeah, no, I I, I I totally agree. I mean, I think you know that kind of you know as you were saying that, I was just thinking of Spicoli. Yeah, like I would love to sit there and you know smoke a bowl with. <laughs> Spicoli and the dude. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine, you know, actually, I take that back. I can definitely imagine other awesome circles. Like, <laughs> just imagine being in Snoop Circle. Oh, my God. Incredible. Um, different, though. Yeah. You know, just different. And I think that was one of the things that, like, the 90s really started to show us is that anyone can be a connoisseur mm-hmm. of cannabis. Just like you can be of beer or wine or food. <laughs> Or yeah. coffee. Um, okay, so so the one thing that these two movies, uh, Big Lebowski and um, Half Baked, had in common too was those trippy like dream sequences where they're like you know flying or the dogs flying or whatever. Um, but the other thing that I that I wanted to point out about Half Baked that I thought was really cool were a couple things. So it, it talked about the different types of smokers, like that mon- that montage, um, and it just kind of showed. That there is a, like, it's normal. It's part of everyday life. Um, and then the other part I really liked about it was, like, it addresses it addresses that gateway drug myth. Um, there's, like, that whole scene surrounding the difference between drugs and weed. And, like, that was one of the things in the 90s that, like, the D.A.R.E. program really preached. And, like, it was the gateway drug. It Like, this is your... You know, it's it's not cool. It's dangerous. It's lethal. It leads to heroin and cocaine and crack. And I also wanted to talk about Days and Confused. Well, it's I a mean, movie from the '90s about the '70s. Totally, totally, it, it is. Um, uh, Days and Confused, you know, came out in what was it like 1993, and it was about the last day of school in 1976. So it was a '90s stoner movie about the '70s, and I mean, I can't help just weird interjection, but think that that was probably the inspiration for that '70s show. 
Oh, you think so? Totally. It yeah. came out like five years prior. Yeah, and it was that's like, interesting. oh my God, let's do a TV show that's, that's really essentially yeah. dazed and yeah, confused. Totally. They even had, oh my God, they even had the water tower that they went to in that 70s show. And the whole big climax of Days and Confused was the party at the moon tower. <laughs> Holy shit. Sorry, guys. I you, you guys all just witnessed me having this epiphany of Days Confused and that 70s show. I love it. Holy shit. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, so, um, but it was about, it was in the 90s. So it had the 90s, except like the 90s perspective on weed in the pop culture and in political culture and just in the culture at large. Um, that was the lens that it told the 70s weed story through. So you have like this interesting um, blend of of the two different approaches to weed. And like there was so much more awareness in the 90s about it. I think there was more like media awareness of itself, of the fact that it's doing these like it's it's we looked at it differently. Like people looked at it differently. Consumers looked at it differently. Like it was still taboo. It was still vilified. Like but it was a little bit more acceptable because I think rebellion at that point was a little bit more acceptable. It was all right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, okay, a really funny thing about Dazed and Confused, the press materials. Besides everything? Besides everything. Ben Affleck, what up? You know, I really didn't like Ben Affleck's character. He was such an asshole. Oh, God. That character is so good. Ugh. Well, okay, so the press materials for the movie included a metal can with a stoned yellow smiley face. Um, and then they also gave, in their press, get days and confused branded rolling papers and pot leaf earrings if anybody out there has a time <laughs> machine get me that that's amazing that is such a good press kit see that's what i mean so self-aware yeah well because they knew exactly what they were doing they were marketing a, a pot movie. i mean you know what they probably took um put, took inspiration though from cheech and chong because i remember that um cheech and chong when they released the vinyl the soundtrack on vinyl they included rolling papers with their vinyl so it's not brilliant marketing. Yeah, it's not reinventing the wheel. It's just making it 90s. It's just giving it that 90s uh, it's angle. Just, it's just rolling the wheel. <laughs> you could say that. Yeah. The other another funny thing was um, they, it was eventually nixed by the MPAA. But um, Days and Confused actually played on, again, the self-awareness of the weed culture um, and the fact that Bill Clinton I didn't inhale, um, they made an, a print ad that said, finally, a movie for everyone who did inhale. <laughs> See, so self-aware. I love that <laughs> part about the 90s. Like 90s stoner culture was so self-aware. Yeah, they knew exactly what they were doing. They flaunted it and they loved it. Yeah. It was almost like they were like, you know what? We have 10 plus 15 years to make up for. <laughs> yeah, we've got a whole decade that missed out on this shit. Could you imagine how different every 80s slasher movie would have been if oh my somebody God. was smoking weed? And thank you, Cabin in the Woods, for finally doing that for us. Oh, my us. God. That's so true. But holy shit. Freddy Krueger, you don't scare me if I'm stoned, man. Like... Get out of here with your knife fingers and bullshit. Jason Voorhees and your stupid machete. You better just chop up that weed with that shit. I just snorted twice. God. Oh, Anyways, my God. I, you know, what we're talking about, like, you know, the, the iconic stoners in, in pop culture of the 90s. We have to talk about Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. Just for a quick second. I mean, they were 
and still are relevant. I mean, yeah. they, they were perfect. I mean, they didn't just have, you know, like their own movie at first until what, like 2002 when Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back came out. But, you know, they were in other movies that weren't necessarily stoner movies, though you would enjoy them while you're stoned, uh-huh. which is a very important a distinction, distinction to make. Yeah, that's uh, an important distinction. But they, they were they were the Spicolis of all of the Kevin Smith movies. Yeah. You know, they were just there, you know. 15 bucks, little man, put that shit in my hand. <laughs> if that money doesn't show, you owe me, yo me, yo. Like, <laughs> they were great. I mean, absolutely great. And, you know, in the same vein. But they I weren't mean, stoner movies. They, they were, weren't. They were these stoner embodiments within a character. Right. They were a stoner archetype in a movie of other things happening. They were happening. little stoner batteries. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, every every like nineties uh, teen something had to have some stoner battery. <laughs> totally, Travis and Clueless. Yeah, yeah, I, I, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, not in a teen way, but also in that sense of being a stoner battery. I mean, you have Floyd from True Romance. Oh, oh Brad. Wow, Pitt incredible. As your Another cliche stoner, movie I just saw. Oh, yeah. If you guys haven't seen True Romance, written by Quentin Tarantino in 1993, right in between Ooh. Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. He didn't direct it. However... It's considered a Tarantino movie. It's a Tarantino movie. I mean, it's it's absolutely fucking incredible. The cast on that is great. I mean, it's got I Gary Oldman, Samuel L. Jackson, Patricia Val Arquette. Kilmer, Patricia Arquette, uh, Brad Val Pitt. Val Kilmer was in the movie. What? I can't spoil it on okay, the podcast. Okay, okay. I'll okay. tell you later. I can't. I don't uh, remember Brad Pitt being on it. And I mean, not Brad Pitt. <laughs> Christian Slater. As oh the yeah, star. yeah. Well, Patricia Arquette. I am just absolutely head over heels in love with her. But I just oh, and saw Dennis that, Hopper. Yeah, I just saw this movie for the first time a couple days ago, and so Floyd Brad Pitt is actually. So this is a few years after Brad Pitt. This is beginning of his movie like career, and yeah. um and like he he had he had done uh, Thelma and Louise, which is I will do an entire '90s Kids. I will do an entire episode on Thelma and Louise. It's one of my favorite favorite movies of all time. Um, but he was, uh, so this is a couple years after that. He's pre-fame. He, this is a cameo role for him, but he is kind of like this burnout. And, and there's a difference. Like Eric and I have talked about like reclaiming that word, uh, stoner and, you know, it's, and using it for its strength. Like, like I said earlier, like calling out those, those amazing parts of stoners, like the, the judgment free compassion, like just, just wants to like have fun with you. And, and I want Wants you to take a load off, and anyone that wants me to be authentically myself and take a load off when I'm around them, I'm cool with. But anyway, it's, it's disarming. It's very disarming. You know, like I, I think you know that when we say you know we affectionately and endearingly use the term stoner, like I you know, love for, those kinds of people. Well, for a long time, like I, I really didn't like that term because I felt like people did use it negatively. You fought it when I used it. Yeah, because like people usually use it in a very negative way. You know, just like. Uh, you know, like uh, I, I guess you know from the from the Reagan administration to Mr. Hand in Fast Times. You know, so that's like your internalized. What are you people yeah. on dope? Like, yeah, that's so. The, what if I am? That's the internalized clutching their pearls. We're on drugs. Just say no. Satanic panic. 
That's your internal life. That's like, we've been socialized for that people. Okay. But that's going too dark. Um, but yeah, so, it, so back to Brad Pitt, like in, in true romance, he was like a human Beavis or butthead. He offered, um, but he, so whoa, where whoa, we whoa, started whoa, whoa, talking whoa. about that was burnout versus. Sure. But I just, I just want to say, if you, if you really want to picture Brad Pitt as Floyd, oh. just think of James Saul. Franco, Saul from Pineapple Express, who I think James Franco even said yeah. he based that they character based, They based the entire of movie off of Floyd. Yeah, they based Guys, the entire movie watch, off of Floyd. true romance. Yeah. So, so Brad Pitt has actually like come on the record and said that he smoked a ton of weed in the 90s because he had a really he had really bad social anxiety. And he used to like, especially as he was like, you know, up and coming in Hollywood, he'd have to go to all these dinners and stuff like that. And he would get a lot of anxiety. So he smoked weed. And he actually talks about spending most of the 90s smoking weed. And like he's always been a big proponent of using it for things like anxiety and things like that. And the I think it's really cool that he started his career playing a stoner. And he started his career on that foot, just being a total stoner in Hollywood. And he is the most successful actor like of modern times. It's insane. It's so cool. Yeah. That's why we need to that's why we need to normalize it. That's why it needs to be like, yes, can I get a hell yeah? <laughs> okay, I want to talk about music. I, I don't want to get too far into this without talking about music. We have to talk about how the music was and how accepted weed was within music and ultimately because of hip hop in the 90s. I think everything that we had in the 90s, any kind of normalizing, it, it, it uh, underwent in the 90s was because of hip-hop. Hip-hop, we cannot stress enough, had a massive impact on this. I mean, popularizing it was socially acceptable to talk about that. Yeah. I think of Cypress Hill. And I also, um, I think of Outkast with like Crumblin' Herb in 1994. Um, but Cypress Hill, uh, you know, they took hits from the bong on the record, literally. And like even on stage, they had their own pop paraphernalia and merch. Um, and they were like really the leaders in the pop themed hip hop in the 90s. Totally. Uh, but I, I think, we you know, we just have to mention real quick, too, that uh, I actually just read recently that it was Snoop Dogg uh, that helped actually coin and popularize the oh, term yeah. chronic yeah, yeah. in regards to weed. And that was because he and his buddies, uh, allegedly, uh, they had misheard somebody use the word or say hydroponic. And, you know, as, as a reference to being the strongest weed ever smoked, and they somehow heard hydroponic as chronic Boom. That's amazing. That's we, how we got yeah, it. Snoop, we cannot, like, we've talked about Snoop earlier in this podcast. We cannot talk about weed culture in the 90s without talking about Snoop because Snoop has been like, he was like prophetic. <laughs> like, he was so ahead of his time. Like, Snoop basically carved a future for the normalization and, like, the cool factor of weed. Like, if you think about how uncool they people tried to make it look in the 90s and how hard Snoop had to fight because Snoop makes it look fucking cool. He's the epitome of cool. Yeah. Like, Joe Camel can get the fuck out of here because oh, yeah. there's no one cooler. Get your, get your cancer out of here. <laughs> yeah. There is no one cooler than Snoop Dogg. 
And he just, and he's always been that way. Like he's always been that, that legend that, that we can, we can look up to for his success and his embracing of marijuana and like weed culture. Yeah. Like how can you criticize somebody that smokes up to 81 and that was a, few, a day? That was, a, that was years ago. I bet he's up to more now. He might be up or down. Like whoever gives a shit, like at, some of the height of Snoop Dogg, he was smoking up to 81 blunts a day. How can, how can you use the term stoner in any sort of negative, disrespectful kind of a way when somebody like that is that successful? And inspires so many people. And moves so many people. Yeah. I mean, look, there's nothing wrong with smoking some weed. So then we also had like in that similar vein, we also had like Dr. Dre, you know, but that was a few years later. The Chronic came out a few years later. Um, we, you know, we had, I think I said Outcast. We had Busta Rhymes. We had Afro Man. Um, we got, I got five on it, which taught us all that, you know, the main etiquette is just like, you don't have to do anything. Just show up and have a good time. And if you want to smoke, Put five on it. Yeah, I got five on it. Yeah. I mean, that's... I'll help out. Like, you're probably going to give me a puff or two anyway, but I'm going to be cool. Like... Yeah, but I got five on it. And that's when just, I have it, you have... Yeah. yeah, that's just etiquette. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I was actually talking to uh, my buddy Zach the other day about, you know, like what some proper stoner etiquette... Okay, hit us with it. ...might be. Um, all right. To quote my buddy Zach, he says... Weed isn't about numbers or keeping score. It's about sharing with friends. Yeah. Don't smoke the last of someone's weed without asking. And rolling rights go to the one with the weed, then democracy if that person doesn't care. Don't smoke around children, obviously. And if you have to do a million dabs a day to get by, perhaps try a joint and therapy. (laughs) Zach, you are such a wordsmith. Zach, you're a beautiful <laughs> We can't wait to have our friend Zach on the podcast. It'll be any day now. We'll get him on eventually, people, and you are in for a major treat. He was going to be here tonight, but <laughs> then I got high. <laughs> well, okay, so before we switch, switch from music, I wanted to also bring up the other side of the music spectrum with you know, Sublime, like Sublime was kind of the, that like catch all music genre. Like you couldn't even, even like really put it in reggae because <laughs> it really wasn't reggae. It was more like ska punk kind of folk. Like they covered Grateful Dead. It was, it was pretty skunky. <laughs> skunky. <laughs> I would say Sublime was skunky. <laughs> in yes. audio and smell. <laughs> Audible. Oedible. Oh, they were a fan of the edible for sure. But yeah, Sublime Sublime had um, Smoke Two Joints and Let's Get Stoned um, in 1992. And there's really, truly nothing that gets a party started like putting some Santeria on. Everyone knows the lyrics to that song. Or ends it. (laughs) (laughs) In your case, in your case. But everyone knows that song. Like, Like, who doesn't? I mean, come on. When... Those when that intro guitar riff starts playing, oh, it, it pops off. The the crowd pops off always. You've got to spark one up when you hear that. Song. Yeah, absolutely. Even if you don't like it, it's like a siren song. It's a siren call to stoners. <laughs> it's a siren song for the stoner culture. <laughs> Tim McGillareth, I'm sorry. Maybe we'll talk about Rise Against one day. Oh my God, I Please love it. Please don't sue me. 
but then you have like stoner rock like like you also have but stoner rock is interesting because it's not defined by weed culture like like hip-hop or even sublime or reggae would be it's more like it's influenced by people by like metalheads who are stoners yeah i think you know i've always said that was a very different side of like the stoner coin it was like that whole like metalhead stoner you know the you know the the stoner metal thing i mean you know you got Obviously, Black Sabbath that, you know, basically created that fucking genre. <laughs> what didn't they create in metal <laughs> and music in general? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Black Sabbath is everything. Um, but I mean, you know, like you, you had bands like that, you know, that that popularized that stuff. And even through the 90s, I mean, there were there were other, you know, stoner metal bands. And, you know, even since then. And that just showed a different side of that spectrum where, you can just smoke weed and listen to sludgy heavy metal yeah. and you don't have to be all, you know, silly like Spicoli kind of a thing. Yeah, you're just or chilling out. You're just, yeah. You're and just, you're letting the music like seep into your soul. Yeah, you're just chilling out and, you know, headbanging and just enjoying it. I yeah. mean, you're not getting like amped up or anything or like having a, I can't even, I can't even figure that out right now. Yeah. <laughs> Cool, but, uh, cool. Okay, all wait. my stoner metal friends, y'all know what's up. Okay, okay, okay. Before we finish up here, um, what about really quickly in TV? Okay, I was never a like I never watched the stuff like South Park and like um, Comedy Central stuff. I never really watched any of that stuff. Was weed a thing in the '90s in terms of TV? Like other than the anti-weed commercials, like the PSAs that you would see that looked like sketch comedies on SNL, <laughs> especially if you're stoned <laughs> and it's your dog talking to you and telling you not to smoke weed. <laughs> Uh, no, that was just the plot of the show Wilfred, <laughs> which, which was is a, also yeah. a stoner show. <laughs> great show, everybody. Frodo, you did a great job in that one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I what about the Simpsons? Didn't really deal with weed until later. Like that wasn't like a, a thing in the Simpsons other than, I mean, Otto the bus driver. Okay. Well, it was in Friends, but it was a it was very negatively portrayed in Friends. Uh, Ross smoked weed and then blamed it on Chandler, and then Chandler that then his parents like didn't like Chandler for it. But like other than that, it really wasn't brought up. I can't remember Wait, I, Seinfeld if it was in Seinfeld. Yeah, Seinfeld or uh, Cheers. Let or us anything know. Like that. Let us yeah, know, like, people. If you if you know, let us know what where it was in TV. Yeah, like uh, as, as as far as I'm concerned, uh, when it got really popularized in TV for me was 1998. That, that 70s, 70s show, show came yeah. out. I mean, that show really did a lot for weed. Yeah, totally. Okay, um, do you remember Dare? Yeah, uh, drugs are recreational enjoyment. <laughs> Fuck, that's the wrong one. Sorry, guys. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, drug abuse <laughs> resistance education. Yeah, yeah. So Dare was an education. Did you, did you have Dare classes in your school? We had Dare. We had Red Ribbon Week. Oh, like, my God. Had, I forgot about Red we had, Ribbon Week. We had it every 15 minutes. Like, we had it. All of I forgot the about drug red education. Ribbon, red ribbon. Yeah, red ribbon week. Red ribbon week. Red ribbon week. 
That's not the that's we not a good thing. We just got real fucking loony tunes. Red Ribbon Week. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Wow. Yeah, they were very and they felt like lectures. They were horrible. Well, they and they were so ineffective too. In 2001, mind you, 2001 Surgeon General serving under the Bush administration, W's administration, the like, second Bush, the second Bush, like born again Christian Bush, is uh, his Surgeon General puts it in ineffective primary prevention programs. So like by 2000s, it was like seen that Dare didn't do shit in the 90s. Yeah, there's actually a lot of studies. I mean, I can't quote them specifically right now, but there were a lot of studies to suggest that. Even the uh, Nancy Reagan uh, fronted Just Say No campaign and, you know, when she started Dare and everything, that that definitively did more harm than good. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, because all at that point, all you were doing was you were telling kids that were probably, you know, struggling and having issues with whatever the fuck issues they were having. And they were like... Wait, there's a drug that'll make me feel better? Not to mention it was causing like that panic among parents and like creating all kinds of like nonprofits and groups that would get money to influence legislation that imposed harsher, um, like, like gave more money to law enforcement and more severe punishments, which, you know, were directly targeted at low income and BIPOC neighborhoods. So it's like it's all kinds of fucked. It's just all kinds of fucked. But like, yeah, D.A.R.E. didn't work and everyone knows it. So bye, D.A.R.E. But now today it's actually a completely different program um, and it focuses on cyberbullying and like, you know, uh, preventing mass shootings, um, all kinds of stuff like that. So yeah, because they know they're not going to stop kids from getting fucking high. Okay, so um, let's wrap up. Um, What are your final thoughts about weed culture, stoner culture in the 90s? I abide. (laughs) Okay. I think for me, um, I grew up, you know, I, I was very much a part of that, like that, that culture that, that was raised, that it was bad, that it wasn't cool, that it was a gateway drug. And, and that wasn't like my particular upbringing necessarily, but it was like, that was, that was the, the culture I grew up in. And, um, I think watching all the, the, you know, weed in the nineties, witnessing it in the nineties, I didn't quite know how revolutionary it was. And then it wasn't until, um, the last, you know, since it was legalized and what we saw when it was legalized, I mean, the day it was legalized, it just exploded and, and just tax revenues coming in alone are insane. And like, just, just, there's so many benefits to it and people are finally coming around. And it was just, I was old enough to be like, oh shit, they were right. Snoop was prophetic. He was a visionary. Yeah. Snoop was, was absolutely right about, about a lot of it. And I think, you know, with, with the stuff in the nineties, I mean, you know, they, they tried, you know, vilifying it so hard for so long, but now we're actually finally starting to realize that it's actually a beneficial thing. Like it it can, it can circumvent other medications and stuff. Like they're, they're tax revenue. I mean, there's some States that are using the tax revenue from weed to help with the schools and the roads and stuff like that. I mean, like, like, However, it is still federally a Schedule One narcotic. Which is also insane. How in the shit 
is weird on the same level as it's some of those other... It's not going to be too much longer. I hope. I oh really hope. You know, everyone will put some resources in the show notes um, if you want to, like, get involved with that. It's it's interesting. I don't think it's going to be much longer before the rest of the world catches up and the places that are behind fall Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I hope so. I mean, there there's... I was just reading an article on... Uh, shout out to Reddit the other day for... Uh, uh, an article that was talking about other states and countries that are actually finally starting to decriminalize yeah. and not just decriminalize, but straight legalize it. And, you know, I'm just really hoping And exonerate that people who are in prison for it. That's what I was going to say is that, thing. like, I really hope that as soon as these states start, you know, legalizing it and decriminalizing it, that they look at anybody that's, you know, serving time for a sentence related to that and they swash it. Mostly BIPOC. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's all it's all rooted in that like deeply rooted racism. But you know what? It's four twenty, man. We don't want to get too dark here. So just acknowledge it. Let's talk about it. But let's also have a good time and remember what we're here for: smoke weed every day. <laughs> was that good? Yeah, that was all right. <laughs> all right, everyone. Uh, that's it. We're gonna leave it there. Um, if you have any thoughts, any any good stories to talk to tell us please let us know reach us at reach out to us yeah let us know what you know if uh your first smoking experience was in the 90s when you're one of our 90s kids let us know other people that you know smoked weed all through the 90s let us know if you're watching a 90s movie while you're smoking today let us know yeah exactly i also still want to know who you guys think the biggest stoner icon of the 90s was I still want to say it was the Big Lebowski. I want to say it's Smokey. Okay. Guys, let us know. Let us know. Uh, is it Dude or is it Smokey from Friday? Let us know. Yeah. Or is it Thurgood from Half-Baked? Tell us. There's there's a lot of options. A lot of options. A lot of options. TTTH pod on Twitter. Talk to the Hand pod on Instagram. You can email us at talktothehandpod at gmail.com. Go to our website, talktothehandpod.com. And yeah. Next week, we're going to have another great episode coming your way, so stay tuned. And until then, mask up, socially distance, get vaccinated if you can. Please, please, please get vaccinated. We want concerts back. And be excellent to each other. I just want to get the circle back. (laughs) That's why I want vaccinations. Guys, let's pass some joints (laughs) to the left. Always to the left. Do not forget that. Don't forget. And be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes.